Michelle Live podcast. My, 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 my Michelle Live. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome. It's time. My Michelle Live. Sports timeout. The fans, the field, the faith, the fun. Here's Michelle. Not just Michelle. It is a plethora of fun with our roundtable of sports guys. I'm excited. This is our Super Bowl edition. Welcome to my Michelle Live Sports Time Out. Here's who is going to assault your senses with glory today. My brothers, my family, my friends, here we go. I'm going to introduce you around the roundtable. Garrick Payne. Garrick Payne is a pastor. He's a coach, longtime soccer player, a past chaplain for our Seattle Sounders, and an all-around cool guy. We have with us Brent Baker. Now, Brent is a sports writer and photographer and also an author of an upcoming book available next month. Probably one of the best sci-fi books. This oh my gosh, it's this month. Is it available now? Is it available now? Pre-sale, yes. You can order it. You can order it now. Okay. My website. There no, you go. BrentRBaker.com. Hey, real yes. briefly, tell us about the, yes. the book and how to get it and, and all that. It has nothing to do with sports, but um, that's okay. It's a <laughs> it's a science fiction slash spiritual warfare epic novel. If you like Frank Peretti or Ted Decker, those kinds of guys, you probably will like this book. Yeah. Um, BrentRBaker.com is my website. And from there, you can go to Amazon or wherever. Um, you like to buy your books and the ebooks are available in multiple places, the hard copies, Amazon or directly from me. So excellent. Yay. So that's really cool. Congratulations on that. We just want Thank to get you. that plug out. Then we have with us brother E coach E is from E train fitness. Uh, he gives a personal touch to keeping you healthy and well, we've been broadcasting together for some time. He's a great friend. He has played. I, I would venture to say every sport that is, sportable every sport that's playable uh, except for on women's teams uh, but i wouldn't I, I can't i can't i don't know for sure uh coachy has played on <laughs> coaches he has played on coached and experienced everything there's not a sport he hasn't been on uh coach e we have with us joshua mcmillan josh is our sports authority you hear him once in a while as our manna on the street he is an almost an almost father of a newborn he has a three-year-old at home so it's going to be really exciting here in near the end of march She's five we'll reporting on that She's i'm sorry five, five. yeah uh, sorry oops oops <laughs> they they change every year what's wrong with them and we have rich hallstrom rich hallstrom is a longtime veteran sports reporter the official 12th man and our own encyclopedia rich i'm desperately looking for your soundbite i'm sure I'll get it eventually. In the meantime, guys, welcome. It is time. Get ready for sports. 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 It's time. It's time to sports it up. Ladies and gentlemen. 
This weekend, 6.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday, Super Bowl 55 in the battleground of Tampa's Raymond James Stadium. Chiefs and Bucks will vie for the Lombardi Trophy, 71 glorious pounds of silver-plated glory. And, which fun fact, could and should come in a Tiffany blue box because boys and hey girls, did you know that the the Lombardi Trophy is made every year by the jewelry guru of Tiffany? So we're going to be talking. <laughs> I had to get that out because girls watch sports too. We just take it to a whole new level. I'm just saying. So guys, here we are in Super Bowl 55 uh, and we're going to take it on today. The Chiefs are looking to become just the eighth team in NFL history to repeat as Super Bowl champions, winning last year. They beat San Francisco 49ers 31-20, I think. Is that right, uh, Encyclopedia Rich? That is correct, Michelle. And it's going to be a barn burner. I'm predicting Chiefs by 10. Patrick Mahomes beats Tom Brady and goes down in the record books with back-to-back wins and almost solidifies his potential Hall of Fame career. Uh, and by the way, if he does this, he'll be the youngest uh, quarterback in history, in NFL history, to uh, win back-to-back games, which is very cool because he's like 25, even though he looks like 15. It's very cool. Good for him. So, Coach E, give me your thoughts on uh, Super Bowl 55. Super Bowl 55 is going to be, I expect it to be a very competitive game. It's going to go down to... I actually think the defenses are going to play a very large part in this. Uh, Tampa Bay, I believe, has the edge. And with uh, Kansas City having a a really hurt, beat-up offensive line, the weather is going to play a factor. It's supposed to rain a lot. And, you know, I like to go with the underdog in this, which, you know, is this little guy named Tom Brady something. You know, he's not very good, I mean, because, you know, he has something to prove. He could become the oldest quarterback. Yeah, forget the youngest. He could be win, the oldest. You know, he could become the oldest quarterback to win a Super Bowl and then hopefully solidify his Hall of Fame credentials, you know, with this win. Yeah, so, think about I think this. I'm taking the, I'm taking I don't the think box. He needs any more solidification there. Okay, so think about this. <laughs> think about this. Um this is a this, we, I, I like that you say that this is going to be a defense uh, intensive and that they're going to play a big role because we really are talking about the quarterbacks oldest versus youngest Tom Brady has more Super Bowl rings than he can wear on one hand and he's been in the Super Bowl 10 times which means he's not invincible but he is arguably he could arguably be considered the best quarterback in nfl history so wow um and then you have this young guy who i think may be the future of of quarterbacking we've seen his style with uh, here in uh, where i broadcast from seattle and all of us have that connection with russell wilson you know this scrappy uh he can play three different ways uh you you never know what's going to happen kind of quarterbacking and that's a little bit harder to defend against no wonder he's risen to the top let's hear from joshua 
Yeah, I mean, well, first things first, I only have a, a like 15 minutes or so to do the podcast today. So I'm going to start out with an opening shot instead of a final shot. Okay. Um, and then I'll talk about the Super Bowl, if you don't mind. Uh, my opening shot, I would actually, I've said it a couple times, Disney Plus. Uh, they, not only have they done a great job bringing a bunch of really good classic sports movies on, but I'm unreasonably excited for the new series <laughs> that they are coming out with. Mighty Ducks is getting a new series with the Ooh. original Coach Bombay. Oh my gosh, so you, that's you coming love in that. March. You love so that. I am That's great. Unreasonably excited to see new mighty mighty ducks come back. So I and it's going to have the original coach. He's going to be there. So I'm very excited for that. That's my opening shot. Since I won't be here for final shots. Anyway, uh, yeah, this is this is exciting. And Tom Brady, man, what a career he's had. You know. And here's a question for everyone except for the encyclopedia: <laughs> How many teams have played the Patriots twice in the Super Bowl? And can you name them? Woo. Do 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 the Rams, I think. Yeah, that's one. <laughs> okay. Yes, Eagles. The, yes, the Rams. Okay. Eagles. Yep, Eagles. Eagles. Okay. That's the other one. The last one beat them twice. Giants. There you go. Okay. There you go. All right. There you go. And the only time the Giants finish over 500, they beat the Patriots in the Super Bowl. Yeah. Well, that was the year they went in as a wild card, too. And Eli Manning. Uh oh. Uh oh. There you go. Get back. Get back to where you once belonged. There you go. Baby, come back. As the hero in New York. (laughs) But yeah, what a career he's had. And he goes back to the Super Bowl. I got to say, like, this one he's not really carrying this team to the Super Bowl. He is, he is the ultimate game manager. You could say, I mean, look at their path to the Super Bowl and how they got here versus the Packers. He threw three interceptions. He didn't have a good quarterback rating. He isn't the reason they're in the Super Bowl, but he is a great leader and he's bringing his leadership to the table in this game. Now I like, I like what the Bucks bring to the table. I like that they have Vita Vea, you know, Washington. But I, I, I really, uh, the Chiefs are just so good right now, you know, and their offense when they're running at full power, if they have their full offensive line there, Patrick Mahomes healthy behind center. Thank goodness. He didn't end up actually having a concussion. I, I don't, I don't know if Tampa Bay can keep up because although they have some great weapons on offense, Tom Brady's never been uh, the deep ball is never been his big, his big strength. You know, and you saw him throw some deep balls that worked out, but those were 50-50 balls at best, man. And he was lucky that he has people on his team that he can throw that to. You know, like Mike Evans is a great 50-50 ball guy. Uh, Rob Gronkowski, great 50-50 ball guy. He has those weapons that he can do that with. But Patrick Mahomes can do it all, man. He's like Russell Wilson. He has a deep ball that is so pretty. He can throw from all the different arm angles. He can throw on the move. He can he can run if you give him the option to. And the weapons he's got around him are like Tyreek Hill. You know, like he is some of the best short burst quickness I've ever seen in the game. Like you see him move like no other receivers move and just make space around him with that short area quickness. Like maybe TK Metcalf would beat him in a long run. But if you're talking about a dash, like he's, he's going to be at full speed in half a second. DK Metcalf, the bigger guys, they take a little bit to get up to speed, but man, and, and the, the tight ends he has around him. I just have a hard time seeing Kansas city losing this one. Oh, wow. Kansas city. Kansas city definitely has the overall team speed, Josh. And I think that's, the big thing that the Bucks are going to have to adjust to, and I don't see them making that adjustment. And you brought well, up Tyreek okay. Hill. 
Um, Travis Kelsey is also... Teacher calls on Elston. Teacher calls on Elston, (laughs) and we'll get back to you, Encyclopedia Rich. Go ahead, Elston. There's this thing that that nullifies speed. It's called weather. Rain. (laughs) Torrential downpour expected on Sunday. Uh Okay. So... It's going to turn into one of those games. That's why I said defense. In my opinion, I said defensive because I'm not expecting this to be a beautiful shootout. I'm expecting this to be the Pete Carroll 17 to 20 muddy, messy Raymond James running game. It's going to come down to Leonard Fournette versus Bell running the game. You know, literally all the people watching this will be like, how come Patrick Mahomes isn't throwing for 300 yards? How come Tom Brady isn't throwing the ball? Why do they have interceptions? It's going to be because the weather is going to be bad. Wind, rain, ultimate nullifier when it comes to speed. And having played in bad weather, I'm telling you right now, don't expect a giant offensive explosion that a lot of people are hoping for. So when you're picking who's going to win, factor in who's got a better running game. That's that's what I would I would look at before I start making my picks. That's that's what I would suggest. Wow. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just I was just thinking if we're getting if we're getting torrential rain, um, and we'll have Tom Brady throw for seventy yards and get the MVP award. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> but I can see Leonard Leonard Fournette Leonard Fournette could be the X factor if if it's a bad weather game because he's got more of the tank than Le'Veon Bell does. You know, if Clyde Edwards Elaire were available, uh, you know, you you could see a a, a great running back contest but you know if the weather doesn't come to pass yeah that team speed that kansas city has is is really hard to match up and mahomes is awesome and they just have so many weapons um so i i guess it's hard for me to make a pick not really knowing what the weather will do because that can be such a huge factor here so i'm kind of whipping out two picks Make two, make two picks. Make a, no, a okay. good weather pick. I'll, I'll go with I'll go pick. I'll go with the weather and and Fournette being the key to an upset. Okay, back to the encyclopedia. There we go. And you oh, know yeah. what? <laughs> I, I owe you this, Rich, because I was slow on the draw. Let's hear from Encyclopedia Rich. Encyclopedia. If you want to know the answers, here is the way. The encyclopedia. There you go, Encyclopedia Rich. Bring it. Well, let's get. Let's also remember that the players actually determine the game. The weather is not a player, so let's remember that the players determine oh, the. Wait a minute, the game. that's that may and be also, true, and but also, that's like saying also, that in Seattle, and also, the twelves and, and the fans don't inter- determine the game. That is have, a factor. Come on, have, come on. Now wait a minute. Now wait a minute. They have an influence, but. The Seahawks are not in the Super Bowl, so we can't discuss the 12th man this week. Now, oh, if you're don't going confuse to confuse the matter with facts, if, people, please. If, if you're now, if you're going to say that the Chiefs are going to have a rougher time playing in rain down in Tampa, you must forget the fact. This is a fact. The Chiefs play in snow. A team that has played in snow can play in the rain. So oh, let's okay. not. Who agrees with that? Over, Let's not overemphasize the weather in this game on Sunday, Josh. I agree with Rich from the perspective, real quick, Josh. Both teams have to play in the bad weather, okay? So it it, it may affect the the Chiefs more, but they, they both have to deal with it. 
I don't think it's going to affect the Chiefs more. I think the Chiefs are more set up for a physical run game. They oh, obviously. an amazing offensive line. Like I mentioned, their tight ends are great. They're the and, best tight end in the game, Josh. Yeah, They're missing and, their starting left and right tackle. They're well, all pro left tackle <laughs> i mean that that's true but they like they've played really well with those backups in their places too and if you look at their their run game has a lot more variety to it than just running downhill they have players that can come around with the jet sweep like they can just there's so much more that they can do in their run game than i see what tampa bay is able to do the chiefs are the defending super bowl champions is that's something that everybody also seems to forget they're the defending Super Bowl champions for a reason because Andy Reid is a better coach than Bruce Arians all day and every day on Sunday. Can't argue Bruce, that. <laughs> Bruce, Arians, Bruce Arians has had one opportunity to a Super Bowl with the Cardinals and didn't come through. Andy Reid has a chance to win back-to-back Super Bowls yeah. and erase the memory of his Philadelphia Eagle days when he had to put up with Donovan McNabb pretending to be a Super Bowl quarterback. Well, right, I, so I go back. To, I, go ahead. Go I ahead. go back to what Josh uh, commented earlier in terms of Tom Brady's uh, leadership and, and management of that team, you know, also to the fact that it, from the coaching perspective, um, and, and I, I just think it, it is going to be a really good game. It's going to be it's interesting. Be it, we got yeah, that. We, we can exciting. all agree on that. Um, I'm just wondering how the Patriots feel. I mean, think about it. You have to, you know, in Seattle, and that's where a lot, most of us are from or have a connection to, um, you know, we haven't been like much of the country Brady fans, right? But you got to give kudos where kudos are due 100%. I mean, come on, what an athlete. So how did the Patriots feel? I know uh, Devin McCartney had said that yeah, it's a little he said he's having bittersweet, a little remorse there. To see Brady and, and, and the Gronk. So, yeah, well, I think one thing with the Patriots, one thing with the Patriots, yes, they did lose Brady, but they had eight guys opt out of the season. And good point. I don't know. I don't, I don't care how many of them are starters or how many are not. That's, that's a big chunk in addition to the usual turnover you have with an NFL team. So to put it all on Brady, not being there. I, I, especially right, 43 right. year old Tom Brady, but I, that reminds I, I me, buy, I don't buy that. Did you hear this story? It's COVID cut gate. Totally COVID cut gate. At least that's what I'm deeming it. So, yeah, yeah. Seriously, the barber oh, for yeah. the for the Kansas City Chiefs actually oh, tested. Yeah. He, now, this is a COVID thing, but get this: he tested five days in a row. Five days in a row, he was tested for COVID, right? And he came out clean. He starts cutting hair for the team. Whoop whoop whoop. And uh, Kansas City back up center uh daniel kilgore was mid cut mid cut when they got notified that the barber had tested positive Uh oh so what's a player to do is he going to finish it or say back off well they're both wearing masks and he was like manning up and saying just finish it i mean who wants to walk around with half a haircut right he elected to have the barber finish it but uh kilgore and the on the barber both wearing masks that's all cool more than 20 kansas city players and staffers including patrick mahomes were scheduled to get 
a haircut from that barber. It's such a crazy story. Could you imagine if the starting quarterback couldn't be there for the Super Bowl because of a COVID test, Elston? Uh, I hear you got well, a they... check from Tom Brady. Oh! They did that to the Denver Broncos. I okay. mean, the Denver Broncos didn't have any other quarterbacks. The Cleveland Browns lost yeah, all yeah. their wide receivers. So, I mean, it, it's, it's a COVID year, and it, the teams and the players know – what the rules are so if they're in those positions you know it's kind of it's it's unfortunate but the rules are the rules now if we find out that one of these star players is not um held out of the super bowl because they're a star player then i'll have a problem with it because they already set the president or you know presidents earlier there you go there you go and here's something else that's kind of weird unless anyone wants to comment on covid cut gate going going okay i I gotta i gotta run in just a second but i do have something i want to say as we talked about the coaches and the difference between them i just want to remind everyone bruce arians was the one that kind of claimed it was a conspiracy theory that they lost because it would only rain when they had the ball I believe that was when he was the Arizona coats against the Dolphins, if I remember right. But he said, yeah, it was. It only rained when we had the ball, which, you know, was kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Made it sound like there's some kind of conspiracy there. So so he's ready just... for the weather to be bad this weekend. Yeah, Josh, he's, he's ready. Josh, give us give us 30 seconds on your thoughts about the MLB season. Oh, goodness. I am so excited for this upcoming season. I, the more we see it, Mitch Hanniger, uh, he's been doing a lot of work. He's been doing a lot of work in the off season and they say that his swing is better than ever. Uh, and he said that he feels more comfortable. A lot of the problems he was having that was leading to his injuries. They, they found that it was because he wasn't getting the right power from his torso, which Elston, you might know a little bit about that. Some of the mechanics of his swing, he wasn't using the right parts of his body. And so it was straining his lower back. So he's feeling really good. I'm really interested. We have an embarrassment of wealth that's coming up in the outfield. <laughs> and I don't know who's going to stay, who's going to go, but I, you know, we're, and we're by looking we, that- I, can I just, because we broadcast to the entire world by we, it's not just the Royal. We he's referring to his very <laughs> own Seattle Mariners And for those of you outside of the Seattle area, of which we have lots of listeners, Seattle has had a, well, can we see a dry spell? (laughs) The the biggest dry spell (sighs) in all of major sports. So it's almost over. It's almost over. Okay, just hold on. When you look up the word word drought in the dictionary, a Mariner logo appears (laughs) next to the word. Right next That's to the true. Detroit Lions. It's true. Oh. But hey, guys, playoffs. I mean, <laughs> it, it could Lions. happen this year yeah. because we have a lot of young talent coming up. Mm-hmm. But expect by next season that we're going to start really seriously contending for the playoffs once we get a lot more of this talent up and they get a little experience. And that's when they're also going to start spending on free agents. I don't think they're going to spend a lot on free agents other than filling some holes this year, maybe some flyers on guys they can trade by the deadline. But next year, that's when they're still going to start really start spending and bringing in people to fill in the holes that are left after we get this next wave of young talent up in this current season. So it's almost over, guys. We're almost there. They're doing it the right way. We have one of the best farm systems in baseball. There's a lot of hope for the future of the Mariners, and I see rain clouds on the horizon. Well, there you go. I want to bring it back to the Super Bowl for a moment because things are very different I'll this year. I'll see you year. guys. Thanks, you, Josh. Josh. Thanks, Josh. Have a great weekend. Uh, right. You know, you may be familiar with 
with the idea that after the game and after the win, there's big celebrations. And, well, everyone says, what are you going to do next? You've heard this. Listen. You wish upon a star Makes no difference who Patrick Mahomes, you and the Kansas City Chiefs just won the Super Bowl. What are you going to do next? I'm going to Disney World. Because Disneyland's closed. Yeah, not so much this year. <laughs> it's all very, very different. So, um, and and so we'll be experiencing some difference there. Uh, one thing, the Bucks get to play in their own home field, but are they going to have much of a home field advantage when you know we have COVID issues? Let's talk about that. Let's face off on that. How is the Super Bowl going to be different? This week we've got a face off. And they're going to face off against one another. Boom. Bring it, guys. How's it going to be different? I think it's going to be different for many reasons. One of them is, of course, the reduced number of fans in the stadium. Um, But also, it's the first time that there's ever been an actual home Super Bowl. Um, the, The Buccaneers are playing in their home stadium this year. And so I think that that those two things will will make it quite different. Okay, uh, Rich, just... how many of those fans are going to be able to see the game, though? Well, I guess there's about uh, three thousand or so that uh, are going to make that up, and there's going to be some healthcare workers involved in that number. I see this as just another game. The, these players are focusing on the goal. They're focusing on the goal of a championship. They're not worried about how many fans are in how many fans are in the stands. They're worried about this being the Super Bowl. This is America's unofficial sports holiday. The the players are going to be concentrating on winning the Super Bowl. Okay, just kind of like they don't care about the weather, right? Yeah, they don't. <laughs> that's that's overblown. I've I have had many conversations with many Seahawks players, other team, other players from other teams. They. They can't afford to be thinking about that stuff. They're trying uh, to think about. I don't know about thinking about, about it. You got to think about it. You got to think about it. And you know what? Yeah. When there's fans in the stands, it does make it makes a huge difference. I don't know, e Brent. Yeah, I I'm I'm thinking it's it's not going to really impact the game at all. Uh, first off, not that many fans. Well, yeah. Secondly, that's true. That's all true. Of, all, all 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 of Tampa's home field decor and stuff is pretty much going to be gone. Um, so it's going to look like a neutral stadium. Third, these players have been playing with fewer, no fans. All yeah, they've been long. playing in this environment the whole year. And as we've statistically, the home field advantage also basically disappeared along with the fans. So I think what we'll see, and, and the, the, I guess the other thing though, is with the super bowl, it's, you you basically have a neutral fan base. You have you don't have the yeah, fans there that true. have been following the that's following the teams true. all year long. 
you've got a lot a lot of high rollers and a few lucky Excellent fans to get, point. to get tickets. So no, especially I with only that, three thousand fans, you know. And yeah, uh, so what, I think was it used regard, to be sixteen bucks or something? You might have to help me on this, Rich. Sixteen bucks or so for the first Super Bowl back in nineteen sixty-seven, and now the average is five thousand. With last year, the highest ticket was something like seventy grand for a ticket to the Super Bowl. Dying. It's a lot of Another, unemployed scalpers out there. Yes, yes. Another interesting fact about the very first Super Bowl. The very first Super Bowl was not called the Super Bowl. It was called the World Championship Football Game. Lamar Hunt, owner, former owner of the Kansas City Chiefs, came up with the term Super Bowl. And the Chiefs are the last American Football League team as a franchise to win the Super Bowl in Super Bowl four. So the Chiefs are going to be coming are going to be going for their third Super Bowl title. We're going to talk in just a moment about some fun facts about the Super Bowl, uh, some questions and even put our encyclopedia man to the test. Elston, I'd like you to uh, weigh in on this. Uh, so <laughs> I kind of think that this year, like they were saying is the home field hasn't really made a difference in terms of, I mean, like it's pretty neutral when you're going places, the players themselves, even though some people don't think they've, you know, they've all chimed in and said, it feels really weird. We've had to try to make our own energy up. There's no fans. And in Tampa Bay, having been there uh, for, you know, games and such before, it's going to be a neutral feeling. If anything, there'll be more fans for some of them, you know, like in Tampa, there wasn't many fans there. So I feel like that the fan part won't, won't be a huge difference i mean it would be nice for us watching it to see you know some fans in the stands um in terms of the players already being familiar with their home area i think that will make a little difference but i mean that part shouldn't be too bad um i do think it's going to be um pretty pretty low on that i mean one of the things i noticed earlier this week is normally like when they show a picture of radio row where like you know the different yeah. uh People are set up. It was like a ghost town. Like there was nobody there. Cricket, cricket, so, cricket. It, and it all of the strange. fun games, you know, all of the bouncy houses and throw the footballs and all but of that hype and fun for I even just, folks who don't have tickets. That's gone too. I just remember, you know, seven years ago, um, being in New Jersey, uh, there was some crowd noise that caused a quarterback to not catch a snap. And then the Seahawks got a safety and then the Broncos players were complaining that it was too loud in New Jersey for a Super Bowl. They didn't have a silent count and that was all done by fans. So, I mean, I think fans make a difference. I also having played in weather, think weather makes a difference, but I'm just saying, I, I think that, I think it should be fun. I think the players will enjoy it and, well, it's um, going to be a good game. Good. We've got that. I want to get back to some of the fun facts of the Super Bowl. So I'm going to ask you guys this. Four teams have never been to the Super Bowl, ever. Who are they? Detroit Lions. Detroit Lions. Cleveland Browns. Okay. Jacksonville Jaguars. And? shoot what's the name of that team um... houston texans the houston oh, texans yeah. and texans. i was really pulling for the browns this year this, that would have been really great if they could have made it they didn't neither did my team so that's okay um oldest we just talked briefly about the oldest 
uh, game. The oldest and the coldest is what I'm going to do next. The oldest game, 1967, Packers won over the Chiefs. We almost had a rematch up of Packers. We could have. But um, as we will talk about tomorrow in our entertainment review podcast, um, Super Bowls, um, have had these halftime shows and it wasn't until the 90s when we had these pop stars extravaganza it was always these halftime shows with marching bands the first one was the University of Arizona actually at uh, Grambling State University but the coldest where do you think the coldest Super Bowl was played I think Brent um, speaking of the Detroit Lions it wasn't it uh, wasn't the Super Bowl in Detroit one year? Pontiac Silverdome. It was indoors, though. So San the outside Francisco temperature. San Francisco versus uh, Dallas in the Super Bowl. Not 81, I think. Coldest. No, not San- uh, it can't be San Francisco and Dallas. No, I mean, they're I, both in the NFC. I meant San Francisco was playing against. Uh, uh, who were they Cincinnati? playing against? Cincinnati. Yeah, no, it's the, the first one. First, first super bowl that joe montana won um okay i'm gonna stop you because uh from what i've researched the coldest was in 1972 in of all places narlands narlands louisiana it was 39 degrees okay and it was the uh pats who won over the steelers that year so kind of interesting huh ta-da any other fun facts that you guys know from the super bowl that you want to share well, <clears throat> Rich referenced the origins of the Super Bowl name, okay. and I've always enjoyed the story, which may be part apocryphal, about uh, Lamar Hunt's kids playing with a Super Ball and him coming up with the name. He said, oh. not not directly attributing it to the old Super Bowl, but saying, you know what, that was probably the back of my mind when I was when we were trying to think of a better name for this thing, Pete it's Rozelle apocryphal, but like it's a gr- but it's a great story. It's so we're going to say it's true, <laughs> right? <laughs> Pete Roselle did not, Pete Rozelle did not like it as commissioner. He thought it was too he thought it was too corny. But uh, there you go. go. Okay, I Any- think I was going to say one of my favorite stories from one of the Super Bowls was uh, one of the Packer uh, one of the Packers Super Bowls where I think it was at the Rose Bowl or the LA Coliseum. And the guy, I forgot his name, but the guy that had the most receiving yards, like he wasn't even supposed to be like a starter that game. And he went out all night, partied, drank, showed up at the hotel the morning of the Super Bowl, like still like hadn't slept. And they like told him, hey, such and such is not going to play. We need you to start. And he like told the story on NFL films like, and I was just thinking to myself, oh, man, I shoot. And next thing you know, he he had like some crazy career day and the Packers went on to win the Super Bowl. And he, and he still said that he was, you know, that was one of the one of my favorite stories that I've read about in uh, Super Bowl history. I like it. Fred, Bil- else? So, Fred Biletnikoff, maybe. <laughs> Unlike the rest of you guys who are like sports encyclopedia experts, I've always been more kind of on the sidelines as a lay person. In, in the whole sports world. So it, it had always been my feeling, although there have been a few outliers in terms of locations, but they always put the, the Super Bowl in warmer climates. 
So maybe one of you guys could expound on that because, you know, there have been a few times where it's been up north and things like that. But the majority of games seem like they've been in the Sunshine Belt. What, what are you guys thoughts on that? Well, I would say the reason for that, uh, Garrick, is pretty simple. You don't want the fans. You don't want the fans to freeze and you want a great outside outdoor experience. And uh, Miami, New Orleans, you're you're talking about the Superdome having a very big impact on New Orleans getting that game for multiple times and the Orange Bowl, one of the famous football stadiums in America, the old Orange Bowl, the old home of the Miami Dolphins. That has a lot that has a lot to do with it. The Hubert H. Humphrey Metrodome when that was uh, the old airbag up in Minneapolis and uh, this, the the uh, Pontiac Silverdome were the first you know, real cold weather places to get it. And I don't think you're going to see that. You're going to see that. And that's part of the problem of why Seattle has never really been seriously considered for it because of the reputation of 70, Seattle. And the cold, if you're and spending $70,000 for a ticket, you don't want to get rained on. Um, something else that's going to be interesting this year and the first time is our halftime show is going to be primarily in the stands. The weekend will be the performer. Uh, he spent about $7 million of his own dollars to get this thing expensive set up. Weekend. It's going to be expensive, expensive weekend. weekend. Uh, you know what? Uh, well, I think think his music's fairly good what's real what i want to just say right out there as far as halftime shows go he has said that he's going to keep it family friendly he's going to stay you know not going to exceed pg rating and i really no do wardrobe appreciate malfunctions. that yeah no wardrobe <laughs> malfunctions no stripper gate you know no pole dancing uh and then having to defend it later and say we're just beating we're just celebrating womanhood you know all of that great you can celebrate it but you know Know, do we really have to uh, to an already oversexed generation do we really have to sell that during the halftime show so the, i i just really appreciate that let's keep it to the music you guys well i'm excited to see the i'm excited to see the weekend get his chance on national television to do to do his thing i think it's going to be a reason to concentrate on their halftime show and really concentrate on the halftime show and actually see somebody that can perform and uh actually pull it off yeah sixty thousand dollars too he spent on a, a airbnb or something to <laughs> to be there for almost as for much as weekend. one super bowl ticket i know right there you go <laughs> wow wow so uh there you go hey guys can we talk nba for just a moment rich you sent this no. uh okay anyway <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs> what are you wearing to the super bowl okay so um you sent this article out, Rich, that uh, LeBron James has pretty much zero energy and zero excitement for the All-Star game. What's up with that? Uh, I'm not really sure what's what's up with that, since this is, uh, you know, something that the Player Association and the league agreed upon. And uh, LeBron is, is just upset. What's the deal? You've got you've got me. I mean, you know. LeBron brought it up that we're in the midst of a pandemic. We had the longest season last year with only 71 days of rest in between seasons. But LeBron, you, if your priority is helping with the pandemic and helping with other things that are more important, 
then just don't play. Why don't the, if the NBA players believe that the all-star game is not important and that the NBA season is not important, then why did you not, why did you just not play and uh, do some other things to help improve the world in other areas? Sports is a part of life, but it is not the most important part of life. And too much, many times, this is my opinion, Michelle, and to the others on the panel, sports says that it's not the most important thing. And it says that there are other important things in the world, but then sports turns around and acts like it is the most important thing in the world. Okay, I want to get your thoughts, guys. I want to get Coach E on this because, um, you know, as a man who's played every sport known to man, still, uh, you put your priorities where they really matter. You know, you've had no, you have trained for things that have gone to the extreme. In fact, you guys may not know this about Kochi. Every year he does a quadathlon where he runs, swims, bikes, and kayaks to raise money and awareness for autism. I mean, he has, he has trained past imagination and stretches body to the utmost ability i've seen it with my own eyes and yet you'll be the first to say priorities have to be where priorities should be yeah thanks i you know you, you once once an athlete you gotta stay you gotta stay on top of it uh you know how, hearing lebron james say that and then even listen to some like nfl players talk about like pro bowls and major league baseball talking about you know the game i really do feel like we've evolved and in the country that people would i mean the players would really just prefer it be like such and such is an all-star here's the award put it in the newspaper throw it on the you know es you know on the websites and things like that you know i don't think they actually want to they personally want to play more like they don't want to go to the pro bowl and play they don't want to go to an all-star game and play like they they really should just do kind of the skills contest the stuff that they like to do where they're just shooting threes and twos you know or like in the nfl they have like one where like russell wilson's trying to beat someone by you know just throwing you know against nobody because the players don't want to risk their bodies. They don't want to get hurt. They don't want to hit anybody. And having trained for a lot of different things like that, I'd want to do something that's relaxing, but still, you know, they're, they're rewarding me for having an outstanding season and the fans, you know, looking at it from a fan's perspective, I don't want to see my favorite player, you know, blow his knee out in a, in a exhibition game at all. Like, I don't want to see that at all. I don't want to see that in hockey baseball soccer and you know uh, and we've talked about when we've done soccer before it drives me you know nuts when i hear that the sounders are playing this team and they're going to play all their starters i'm like why <laughs> like it's like so i just think that they would like the recognition probably don't you know really don't really need these games anymore because no one wants to watch those games and they don't want to play it that's kind of my thoughts on this situation. Right, anyone right now. else? Rich has oh, something to say. But one of the th- one of the things that you're leaving out there, Elston, I, I agree on a lot of those points, Coach E. But I gotta but I gotta say that 
every time that a contract negotiation comes up, all-star game clauses and all-star appearances go into that, Mm -hmm. records go into that, all these things go into that. It's like they don't want to participate in participate in an all-star game, but they want to get paid like an all-star. You can't have it both ways, ladies and gentlemen. No, I, I meant that's what, that's why I meant they should still get the recognition of being an all-star. Like it's kind of like back in the back in the early '90s, they'd say, "This is your, you know, your uh, the Associated Press is all pro defensive linemen." They would say, "This is the Associated Press, you know, all-star team for the NBA," and just there it is, as opposed to having a game on top of it. Like it's like uh, when they'd say. You know, all conference Pac-12 is this person, and he's an All-American with this guy. It's like they don't in uh, college football. They don't have like an All-American play this guy, play this guy if he's a junior and such and such. That's, but they that's use, but they out. use that All-Star recognition, which includes the game, to enhance their brand. So you cannot once again talk out of talk out of both sides of your mouth. If you want the all-star rec, if you want the all-star recognition and before the pandemic, the NBA all-star game and guys playing in it was not a problem. Hey, it's guys, probably the, probably I, the second best all-star game to the major league baseball all-star game. Okay. I want to, yeah, I want to switch gears just a little bit while can we're I, on. Can I just weigh in one more thing on this though? So. Because I, I think things have really changed in sports. Okay. When you consider that um, the minimum salary for rookies in the 1970s in the NFL was $10,000, okay, and and compared to what it is today, I, I think the All-Star games back then were something different because the game was different, and the reason that players played was different. Okay, and so, that's, a, that's point, a really Gary. good point. That's a huge huge point i guess what it boils down to uh is business versus love of the game and so you know and and i i'm not going to fault uh someone whose body and business brings in in a short time big bucks that they have to live off of for the rest of their life you understand it is big business another uh big player though in the WNBA is Sue Bird and so uh, can you guys help me out on this Sue, Sue Bird is a activist athlete she's a monster ball player uh, for the Seattle Storm she resigned but i heard rumors she resigned so what is resigned it? Resigned. Okay. It's resigned, not resigned. Okay, but I heard rumors that she storm. was that there were rumors originally that she ha- was going to resign, but she did resign. So what is going on with her resigning? She just wants to be part of a the best organization in the WNBA, or what many people consider to be the best organization in the WNBA. She's a winner. Yeah. She's gonna play. She's gonna play at forty. And she's still know, one of the best women's crazy? basketball play, the players in the world. In. Oh, maybe it's time to um, maybe it's time to retire. I don't think so. Keep bringing it, Sue Bird. Guys, it is time for us to take our final shot, where we go around the round table and just give a shout out to something, somewhere, an idea. Take it. It will be our final shot. That's right. Boom. All right. Uh, Brent Baker, final shot. My final shot will be at, not for, but final shot is at the Major <laughs> League Baseball players and owners 
who already are botching their um, (laughs) soon to to expire collective bargaining agreement. Um, The owners asked to delay spring training a month, which on the face of it isn't necessarily an unreasonable ask considering what's going on with the virus. But the fact that they waited until players were already starting to congregate in Florida, if that was something that was real, a real concern they should have brought it up in december right and then, we were we were facebooking each other on this weren't we it was like oh really and on uh. top of that on top of that folding in um bringing in you know things like let's do the um universal designated hitter again mm-hmm. and the extra innings the different extra innings rules with seven innings for double headers and well extra innings would be the guy starting out on second base so making it about more than that they have their collective bargaining agreement expiring at the end of the year and they're already like get each other's throats. So my shot is at them. It's like, please guys <laughs> get your act together. Everyone else seems to be doing better at it than you. Maybe, but uh, Garrick, as I get, take it to you for your final shot, um, MLS major league soccer, they're still putting out their collective bargaining agreement as well. So uh, paying us. So my final shot is going to go to uh, and and Brent started it with baseball, but I was thinking and heard the news this week about someone who used to be royalty, who's no longer royalty. Um, and that would be King Felix, um, Felix Hernandez. Um, he was a great story uh, being in Seattle and he had some great years. He was an all star for multiple years. I think the last time in 2015. Um is that right, Mr. Encyclopedia? So, yes, yes. And um, and of course, he got traded into the farm club of of the Orioles, and and he was just recently picked up by uh, by Atlanta, I believe. And so signed to a minor league deal. Yes, and so um, I think Atlanta probably could use him uh, in potentially in their rotation if he can. Evidently, he had he had some good. Uh, some good outings in, uh, in, in the minors. And so, uh, this is just, I, I remember seeing him at a restaurant. Um, oh, really? And, yeah. And it, it was really cool because he was there with his family, not just his immediate family, but kind of his bigger clan. It was a Sunday afternoon, I think. And he was just there or maybe a Saturday afternoon and, and just there with everybody. And, and he just seemed like a really, really nice guy. I, I, I just, I mean, I, I don't know anything about his personal life, but uh, but I want to wish him well and give my final shot to uh, to King Felix. King Felix Hernandez, Rich Hallstrom. My final shot goes out to my father-in-law, Keith Rank. He is under he has some health health issues going on right now, but he is a big Nebraska football fan, and he is also a big Kansas City Chiefs fan ah. and Chicago Bears fan. And I know that the Super Bowl is one of his favorite times of the year. So I just want to dedicate this show to him and let him know that I'm thinking of him. You got it, Coach E. All right, so. This final shout uh, today, um, I I, um, I wanted to kind of slightly go off the sports topic. Um, I just wanted to, I've been working um, a lot lately with a lot of educators in the Seattle area and um, hearing how they've been, you know, dealing with their students and, you know, um, through Zoom and things like that. I just wanted to give a big shout out to all the educators out there 
all the parents that have had to stay home with their kids and work with their kids and become basically part-time educators to help our youth grow and keep everybody positive during these really trying times over the last, you know, eight months, nine months. And, you know, my heart goes out to all these people and I'm, I'm, I'm glad that these educators can continue to inspire our youth and show up every day, either in Zoom or if they're now going back to class, however they're doing it. I just wanted to say thank you to you guys. You guys mean the world to us, even if we're not in school anymore, because you affect our youth and our youth will become our future. And so I just wanted to say thank you to you guys. I like it. Well, I am going to take my final shot. And my final shot is to a faith event that's been part of the Super Bowl since 1988. Any ideas of what that might be, Encyclopedia Rich? Uh, something to do with, the, they have a gospel music show that is connected to the uh, Super Bowl, I believe. They probably the do. Oh, my goodness. I should give a <laughs> shout out to, I love the Puppy Bowl. I'm sorry. I really, I really do. Anyway, uh, no, it, this faith event is part of the Super Bowl. It's an NFL sanctioned athletes in action Super Bowl breakfast. And it's taken place in the uh, Super Bowl host city every year since 1988, 33 years, drawing sellout crowds. You, What they do there, you'll hear some of sports' biggest names. And this year's program uh, will be televised for everyone on the CBN News Channel and Facebook Live. And you'll see a range of players, amen. officials, NFL celebrities, um and then a salute to NFL military veterans. Woohoo! Thank you for your service. Uh, conversation on race, justice, interviews during the one-hour-long presentation. They're going to bring hope, humor, talk about the pandemic, and they're going to culminate with a gospel message. You can watch it on Facebook Live and CBN News Channel. That's my shout-out. And, of course, a shout-out to my boys here as we talk sports one of the it's been hailed and i get great feedback guys as we've broadcast taking our show from a terrestrial show in the seattle area to the world now i've been getting a lot of good feedback that this is a really different feel for for a sports show you know this kind of let's talk about it and you know the chick here who's not just sitting here as a pretty face <laughs> definitely but you know just kind of sitting here with my bros talking talking football, talking soccer, talking sports, and talking the God story, which we always get to on this podcast. God bless you guys, and thanks for being part today. Thanks, bless Michelle. You, Michelle. Thank, Thank you, Michelle. Thank you, Michelle. You hey. are just awesome. You know that. Happy Blue Friday. Happy Blue Friday. Uh-huh, still. That's right. <laughs> for more fun, go to MyMichelleLive.com. That's right.